Amen. Thank you, Ira. Good morning, Gateway. It's an honor to be here, to have the opportunity to preach to you, and um, me and Michelle are so grateful for this family. Y'all have been so quick to bless us and love us, and uh, we, we are so grateful. We truly do count it a blessing from the Lord to be a part of this church. If you will, take your Bibles and turn with me into Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to continue on from last week into verse 20. And if you recall, over the past two weeks, we have been uh, talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Two weeks ago, Grady talked about uh, what it meant to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then last week, we looked at how that overflows into us singing to God and to each other. And then this week, in Ephesians 5.20, we're going to look at another result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'd love for us to read it together. And uh, if you're able, would you stand for the reading of God's Word? I'm going to start reading in uh, verse 18, and then go through 20 to help us remember the context. And afterward, I'd love if you would pray with me to ask for God's help. Starting in verse 18. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything, to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we need your help this morning, God. Help us to see your word, Lord, and see your son, and how beautiful he is, and how, how desperately we need him, Lord. I ask this in his name. Amen. So, I, I want us to start this morning by uh, asking you a question. What comes to mind when you think of that phrase we just read, giving thanks to God? What, what fills your, your heart? What, what do you feel um, in your mind when you think of giving thanks to God? And if you're like me, and there may be some of you here that are thinking the same thing, the first thing that I thought that popped into my head when I asked myself this question a few days ago was that giving thanks to God was simply verbally telling Him, thank you. Right? It was that action of thanking him for being God or blessing me or whatever it was. But I believe verse 20 shows us something deeper than this, a more full picture of this. While, yes, giving thanks to God does involve verbally telling him thank you, it is more than this. But, but what is it? Paul says, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. How do we give thanks to the Father in the name of Jesus. Then he says, always and for everything. How do we give thanks always and for everything? Well, it's these types of questions that I I pray with God's help we will have answers to from his word this morning. And I believe it will give us a big and rich and full picture of what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit and overflow with thanks to God. So to that end, I want to go ahead and tell you this main idea that I want us to focus on and uh, remember throughout our time together, and that is this, that the Holy Spirit fills our hearts with deep thankfulness to God, the Father for Jesus Christ. That's, that, that's the main idea that I believe this text is, is throwing at us, and this is why um, I think we need to stop, though, before we jump into answering the how and the why of that statement, we need to remember what verse 18 said. That's why we started reading there. We need to remember that 
This is not a command. Verse 20 is not a command. Be thankful to God. It is an overflow. It is a result of verse 18 that says, Be filled with the Spirit. Do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So we, we must remember this, that this is the result. Giving thanks to God is the result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And Grady preached on this two weeks ago. And if you don't remember that sermon well, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. Because in that sermon, he shows us that the strength to follow the commands God gives us comes from being filled with his Spirit. And that's such a huge thing we have to remember. And he also, he also pointed out that being filled with the Holy Spirit is different than being sealed with the Holy Spirit. That when we're saved, the Holy Spirit seals us and lives in us and will never leave us or forsake us. But it is not the same as being filled with the Holy Spirit. While every believer will always have the Holy Spirit sealing him, every believer will not always be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we need to remember this before we move forward into verse 20 to understand what it looks like practically, because if you're like me, it's so easy to read verse 20 and then immediately just conclude, well, that's it. I'm not thankful enough. I just need to show God more thanks. And while that may be a partial and uh, half-truth that we may need to come away with, maybe that is true in our hearts, but it's, it's not the whole picture. If we don't remember the Holy Spirit, our need to be filled with Him, we can totally miss the mark of this verse. Just like Grady has been warning us throughout Ephesians that there is danger in focusing too much on the put-off command and not also focusing on the put-on command, so too there is incredible danger with getting the result of being filled with the Holy Spirit before actually being filled by Him. So when we read verse 20, I hope we're all convicted and uh, just burden that we don't thank God enough. That is a good thing to feel convicted for that because we don't. But the answer is not to muster up more thankfulness in our hearts. The answer, friends, is that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. So with that in mind, I want us to look intently at verse 20 here and start by asking this question, why does being filled with the Holy Spirit fill our hearts with deep thankfulness to God? I'm convinced that if you ask the typical, nominal, professing believer in America this question, they would possibly likely tell you something like this. Well, of course we're thankful to God because he saved us from going to hell. That's it's that simple. And some of you may wonder, is that a problem? Is, is that a problem to be thankful for that? Well, no, I'm not telling you it's wrong to be thankful for that. But I am telling you that they would stop there. And why is that a problem? Well, while being saved from hell is an utterly amazing and crucial part of our salvation, it is not the whole of it, friends. So if you imagine something here, just, just to picture this, imagine if hypothetically God saved us from going to hell and he brought us into heaven, everything we imagine heaven being, right? There's no sin, there's no pain. All our family is there, and everything we could ever want from earth was there with us. But God was not there. What would it be like then? Well, I'm convinced it would be a thankless place. Well, and why would it be thankless? Well, I think if we go back 
to the garden with Adam and Eve, we can get an answer to this. When we think of that story of Adam and Eve in the garden, we often think about how perfect a world they were living in, right? It was, it was perfection. But I want us to think, why was that so perfect? Ultimately, was it perfect because they had the best food that mankind has ever tasted? Was it perfect because they had the best scenery we can even imagine seeing? Was it perfect because they perfectly enjoyed the blessing of marriage with no issues coming between them? While those things were amazing, that was not the ultimate reason it was perfect. The garden was perfect because Adam and Eve stood in the presence of God and enjoyed him perfectly. So could there have been anything better than that? I mean, to enjoy the presence of God. But then what happened? Well, they turned against God. They looked for joy and pleasure in something else. And what's, what is the punishment? To be cast out from God's presence. But no doubt, when they, were, when they were in his presence, their hearts were continually being filled with thankfulness to God. But the fall and all of mankind has quickly chased after them. Paul shows us in Romans one twenty one. It'll be up on the screen here. This is Paul describing the results of the fall from the garden. He says here, For although they, talking about unbelievers, the lost, knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Isn't it interesting that Paul describes ungratefulness as a main characteristic of being lost? Of all the things he could have honed in on here, so, why? why? Why does he hone in on this? Didn't Adam and Eve sin by eating of the fruit and disobeying God? Their sin wasn't that they didn't give thanks to him, was it? Well, I want you to think of this connection. If Adam and Eve sinned by not finding joy in God and instead looked to joy in something else, and if Paul says that not giving thanks to God is a definition of being a sinner then the conclusion must be that being a sinner means you don't give thanks to God because you don't enjoy Him. Or to say it positively and more clearly, true thankfulness only comes from loving God. This is why that eternity that I ask you to visualize, it would not fill our hearts with thankfulness. And Paul describes the unbelievers as not giving thanks because in that place, God would not be there to fill our hearts with thankfulness. There would be nothing there to generate thanks because God would not be there. This is the picture of thankfulness that I'm convinced verse 20 shows us. A deep, full, and rich picture that when we are filled with thankfulness, it is because the Holy Spirit is filling us with God himself. It's not that the Holy Spirit is sitting back from us and pouring in joy and pouring in this abstract, uh, here's some love and here's some pleasure. Nor is it that the Holy Spirit sits back and pours the character trait of thankfulness into us. It's none of those things. It's that the Holy Spirit of God himself comes to us. In all his fullness and pleasure. And he now lives in us. 
And amazing as that is, friends, that is still only partially complete. Because our God is not only Spirit, our God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So if we were to experience the true pleasure of God like Adam and Eve did, we've got to come to know and experience the Trinity. We need to know Father, Son, and Spirit. I think this is why Paul specifically writes this phrase, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not some kind of vague sense of thankfulness. It's specific in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because it's only through Christ that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. In our sinful and lost state, we desperately need Christ. We need Him because we have no ability to even know God without Him. We have been cut off from the presence of God. We have lusted after all these different idols we've constructed in our heart. We have done what Adam and Eve did. We turned our back on the one true joy in this world and find joy in all these different sins we chase after. We're guilty of that verse from Romans chapter 1, that we did not have a grateful bone in our body because we were not enjoying and loving God. As a result, our hearts were hardened and we stood condemned by God, guilty of eternal punishment from Him. And for those of you, though, who have been saved by Christ, you know that at this moment something happened in your life. That Christ saved you. But friend, if you're here this morning and you don't call yourself a Christian, that is your condition right now. All of the negative I just described, that's where you sit right now. You are separated from the joy of knowing God, and you will never be able to experience Him on your own. You'll never be able to conjure up thankfulness to Him on your own. You need help that comes from outside of you, from Jesus Christ alone. And if you throw yourself at his feet and look to him as your treasure of him hanging on the cross, dying for your sin, and confess your sin to him and cry out to him as Lord and Savior, he stands ready to fill you with himself and save you. And those of us that that has happened to, isn't it amazing? Isn't that transformation amazing? That one of the defining characteristics of unbelievers being unthankfulness. Now that Christ saves us, he flips that around. And now one of the defining marks of being a follower of Christ and being filled with the Holy Spirit is giving thanks to God. And it's only because of what Christ has done for us, not anything in us. It is only by the Holy Spirit that we receive that blessing of Christ. All he did for us and all that is great and awesome about him only gets to us by the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul emphasizes this in verse 20. And this is why Jesus tells us in John 16, 14, speaking about the Holy Spirit to his disciples, he says, He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So this is another additional piece of the picture of why the Holy Spirit fills our hearts with thankfulness to God. It's because the Holy Spirit brings us the riches of Jesus Christ. This is why Paul says the filling with the Holy Spirit leads us to give thanks in His name because by Christ we can know God and all the joys of His presence. But unfortunately, I think in the church sometimes this phrase, in the name of Jesus Christ, it's sort of lost its significance, unfortunately. And I'm as guilty 
as anybody. I catch myself throwing it on the end of my prayers and not even thinking about what I'm saying. But what does that phrase actually mean? In the name of Jesus Christ. Well, in the culture of Jesus' day, someone's name represented everything about them. All their authority, all their power, everything that made up who they were. You can imagine this possibly with the emperor, right? The Roman emperor. To have his name ascribed to something was to have the full endorsement of the ruler of the Roman Empire. So if you have the name of the emperor backing you, would be to have complete access to all that makes up who the emperor is, his power, his authority. But Paul reminds us that our Lord is not an emperor or a government leader or anything like that. Our Lord is Christ. So when Paul says that the Holy Spirit fills our hearts with thankfulness to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ, it means that we give thanks to the Father based on what Christ has done. We give thanks to him because it's only by him that we can be brought to the Father. If you remember Grady's sermon from two weeks ago, you may be noticing another connection here. Remember when he showed us how Ephesians 5 and Colossians 3 were so similar? And he put it up on the screen and we saw that being filled with the Holy Spirit was essentially the same thing as letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly. I thought that was so interesting. I feel like it comes in to bear on this situation right here. So I want us to look at another verse from the Gospel of John here. In John 15, 11, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that your joy may, my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So catch, catch that connection, that being filled with the Holy Spirit is, have, having, the, is having the Word of Christ dwelling in you. And Jesus said that he spoke his word to us so his joy would be in us. So this is why the Holy Spirit fills our hearts with thankfulness to God. Because it is by the Holy Spirit the joy of Christ dwells in our hearts. The word of Christ, his gospel that has saved us, it fills us when the Holy Spirit fills our hearts. This is why Paul is able to pray in Ephesians chapter 3 for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. While we may not be able to completely comprehend the mystery of this, when the Holy Spirit fills us, Christ fills us. And how can we not be thankful for that, friends? To have Christ filling our hearts. But again, it it doesn't stop there. As, As Paul says in verse 20, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, our lives overflow into thanks to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's look one more time at the Gospel of John here. This time in chapter 17, verse 26. Here, Jesus is praying to God the Father, and he says this, I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. So I want you to notice this, that the love with which you have loved me may be in them. Jesus came to give his people the love the Father has loved him with. There may not be a better place to see this than at the baptism of Christ in Matthew chapter 13. This is right after Jesus is baptized. Matthew writes, And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well 
pleased. Notice this, that the Father says, this is my beloved Son. The Father loves the Son. And He is well pleased with Him. He takes joy in His Son and what He is doing. And that perfect and infinite love that the Father has for the Son, it is now ours because now, by the Holy Spirit, when the Father looks at us, He sees Christ and His perfection. And He looks at us and says, I am well pleased with you, not because of what you've done in the past, but because of what Christ has done for you. That is the love. That is the joy that fills us when the Holy Spirit fills us. The Father is pleased with us because of Christ's death and His perfection on our behalf. So our thankfulness is directed to the Father because it's the Father that sent Christ to bless us, as Ephesians says, with every spiritual blessing that's in the heavens. This is why our hearts overflow with thankfulness to the Father in the name of Christ when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Because the Father planned our salvation, the Son accomplished our salvation, and the Spirit now applies it to our heart. All of this is why Romans 5.5 is true for us now. That God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Brothers and sisters, I pray that we are all captivated by the awesomeness of this, but I believe it will help us to see the beauty of it more if we spend the rest of our time looking at just exactly, practically, what does this Spirit-filled thankfulness in our hearts look like? What What does it look like when the Spirit fills our hearts with this joy and this pleasure? So I want to give us three implications from verse 20 to think about. First, this results of being filled with the Holy Spirit and giving thanks to God. It is more of a condition of our heart than it is a singular specific action. What I mean by that is being filled with the Holy Spirit and enjoying God does not mean that then you are required to thank God verbally every five minutes of your life. Not only would that be impossible, but it would be a disservice to God. Because remember when we talked about earlier that true thankfulness to God only comes from loving Him and enjoying Him, which only happens when the Spirit fills us. So that means giving thanks to God is much more broad and deep than simply verbally telling Him thank you. Instead, it is much more of a condition of our heart. We are filled with the Holy Spirit and all the joy and pleasure of knowing God and having been brought back to Him. Our heart then beats with deep thankfulness to God. It is a state of being that fills us and displays itself in many different ways in our life. It's what Paul says in Romans 12, 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. We worship God. We give thanks to Him when we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we simply live for Him. To live for God is to give thanks to Him because that means we are loving and enjoying Him by the power of the Holy Spirit. When we resist temptation because we know that God is better, or when we do sin but return to God to confess our sin to Him, or when we sacrifice time to spend time in His Word or in prayer, or when we sacrifice time to go help a brother or sister in Christ in need, all of those things, we are doing all of those things 
out of love and enjoyment of God and who he is. So we are giving thanks to God when we do those things. In all of those things, we are proclaiming the worth and beauty of God because we are filled with his Holy Spirit. We are filled with his presence. And second, I believe we can't miss how Paul goes out of his way to say that when the Holy Spirit fills us, we will be giving thanks to the Father in the name of Jesus always and for everything. But like I asked in the beginning, how is that possible? If we truly appreciate the weight of that, that is hard to do. How do you give thanks always and for everything? Because our lives are filled with so much hurt and pain and darkness Our jobs can be terrible and overwhelming. Bosses and co-workers can be impossible to deal with. Children get sick. Children pass away. Children are disobedient. Family members reject the gospel. There are a plethora of reasons to not give thanks when we are in our flesh. Why would we give thanks in terrible situations like this? Well, brothers and sisters, when we're tempted to think that way... We need to remember who God is and what true thankfulness is. True thankfulness comes from enjoying God when we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we get a small taste of the infinite and constant joy of God because it is, it is by the Holy Spirit that we're filled with God himself. So, if we have that, we can give thanks to God and praise him because we are so caught up in the joy of knowing Him, that it is the heartbeat of our soul, so that any other amazing blessing He may give us, our joy is not contingent upon that. The blessing of friendship, the comfort of waking up in your own home in a nice bed, the joy of marriage, the belly laughs of a two-year-old, all of those things, our joy is not contingent on them. God gives us all those things to draw us into himself more and more, to the source of those blessings. Because all of those are just a taste of the joy of God. He is the source and culmination of all those blessings. So we can always be thankful to him when the Holy Spirit fills us because he is our treasure, not the secondary. And one day, by the blood of Christ, we will stand before him perfectly and we will fully and perfectly experience that joy. We see this joy in the always and for everything that Paul describes in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 34. It will be up on the screen here. This is the writer of Hebrews describing how this group of Christians he is writing to remain faithful and thankful even in the midst of persecution. Listen to this. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Joyfully accepted the plundering of their property. Because why? They knew they had an abiding and lasting possession. God himself. That is ours, friends, when the Holy Spirit fills us. That is the constant joy we have. Even if the filling of the Holy Spirit, it will come and go and emotions will spike and rise, we have this constant joy 
in knowing God by the blood of Christ. Third and lastly, this spirit-filled, always and for everything, thankfulness to the Father in the name of Christ, is it is one of the specific traits that separates the church from the world. While believers have this blessing of knowing God, this constant and steady, infinite source, unbelievers don't have that. Unbelievers are at the mercy of the multiple, fragile, contingent, secondary blessings that the common grace of God may give them. They don't know God. They can't know God apart from Christ. So they're left in a state of secondary, shallow, empty joys to chase after. And what happens when those joys they look for are taken away? Either their joy and thankfulness completely disappears, or they have to look for something else. But brothers and sisters, this is what makes the church amazing and unique and beautiful. And this is what attracts some unbelievers to the church. The church does not have this problem. Because our joy is not in fragile, secondary, external blessings. Our joy is in the blessing of God Himself. When unbelievers see the church, when they see you going through terrible situations, and you, through the pain and through the ups and downs, maintain thankfulness to God by the power of His Spirit, that is not normal. When unbelievers see the church gather together to comfort each other, not by simply saying things will get better, but by saying you have a possession in God. That is not normal. And even when things are going great and external blessings are flowing in, the joys of unbelievers, it does not come close to reaching the heights of the joy of the church. And it's not normal, friends, because it's supernatural. This kind of supernatural thankfulness only comes when the Spirit fills us. And when the church comes together, as the individual members are filled with the Holy Spirit, this verse from 1 Peter becomes true, that the church is being built up into a holy temple to the Lord. And there are some unbelievers out there that God is working in their heart will see that temple being built up and wonder... I need to know the source of that. So our being filled with the Spirit and giving thanks to Him, it does not only matter to ourselves, friends, it is evangelistic. Because when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are a beacon and a testimony to the worth of God Himself. And friends, while we could spend hours upon hours of exploring all the specific ways this filling of the Holy Spirit displays this thankfulness in our lives, I want to close by giving you this final reminder based on our main point. That the Holy Spirit fills our hearts with deep thankfulness to God the Father for Jesus Christ. This is what I want us to go away remembering, that this last part of the phrase, for Jesus Christ. That when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are thankful for Him. We have to remember this, friends, because fundamentally, our thankfulness to God, our love for God and enjoyment of Him that we've been talking about, based on, it is not based on what we display. 
And it's not based on how thankful we are or what we do, as important as that is. Instead, our love for and thankfulness to God is based on who we are in Christ. We are who we are because we have been saved by Christ and His blood. Not anything we have done. We must be so careful to not confuse the practical results, the visual results of being filled with the Holy Spirit, with the Spirit's goal and purpose. The moment we begin to focus on the resulting actions of being filled with the Holy Spirit is the moment we lose the goal and purpose of that filling of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit's filling is not ultimately about making us look thankful. It's not ultimately about making us feel confident that we are finally showing God enough thanks. Instead, the Holy Spirit fills us to bring Jesus Christ into our hearts. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we experience the riches of Christ. Like Ephesians 3 tells us, the Holy Spirit fills us so that we may know what is the breadth and width and height and depth of the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge so that we will be filled with the fullness of God. So if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, look to Christ and His Word. Fill your mind and heart with His truth, with the glory of His gospel that has saved you. Contrary to what our flesh may tempt us to think, we'll be filled with the Holy Spirit when we present to God the sacrifice that He desires. A broken and humble heart. Because He will not turn away a contrite heart. Because it is in our lowness and our humbleness and brokenness that Christ delights to come in and fill us. If we lay our heart open before Him, the Spirit will fill us with Christ and we will experience heights and riches of knowing Christ that pass all knowledge. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Paul's prayer in Ephesians, Lord, that for this reason we bow our knees before you, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of your glory you may grant us to be strengthened with power through your Spirit and your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. And now to you who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to you be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.